Hey everybody and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I'm joined as ever by Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello. And we have just recently witnessed the 5-1 victory over Huddersfield and the first and what will be only home tie that Manchester City will get to play in the FA Cup. Um, my God, Madrid tied it. <laughs> They're Real Madrid, dude. You knew this was coming. Anyway, <clears throat> we have just paid witness to the 5-1 victory for City over Huddersfield in the FA Cup fifth round. The only home game that City will play in the entire competition because the sixth round has no replays anymore and they have been drawn away. And then if they win that, they're going to Wembley. So, um, started badly, fell behind in, I suppose, typical City fashion. Uh, quickly responded with three goals by halftime, and and after that, it never really truly looked like Huddersfield were going to get back into the game. So, I will start the question to you with, what did you take from that performance overall? The, uh, the biggest thing that stood out to me was that the, the effort that Aguero has put in to trying to be an option on an, on a Guardiola team. That's that's number one. Um, the second performance is Claudio Bravo still is an awful goalkeeping option for City, uh, and the defense is still uh, a uh, a liability for City. <laughs> so. Uh, that and the refereeing was horrible against City. So, so really, I feel like this is just a standard podcast. Yeah, we've kind of been hitting on the same things lately. Um, I, I guess there's there was worse things to to to, to be dealing yeah. with, I suppose. I mean, I mean, we are talking about a five-one victory here, so yeah. I mean, what, I, and mean I mean, there's going to be oh, it was champions championship opposition, but you know, whatever. I'll, I'll take I'll take a five-one victory, and, and whenever you can get it against whoever you can yeah. get it against. And what's against. Yeah, I mean, Huddersfield, I believe, are in line for possible promotion. So, we're, let, let's see, they are, yeah, they're in third. Um, so. Yep, they were talking about it today that they've got some some more important matches up. And, you know, my buddy uh, Jerry Hidden <clears throat> is... Uh, he actually is a Huddersfield Town uh, fan, believe it or not. Um, and uh, you know, as he said today, you know, they made it to the you know about the sixth round of 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 the FA Cup and forced a replay against Manchester City with a brilliant performance, and then took the lead in that replay, like. Huddersfield Town, even though they lost, ultimately lost 5-1, like, look, quality was eventually going to come through, usually at this stage of the competition. Like, there, there are miracle runs, and Huddersfield Town will believe that they, they're a team that could have put together a miracle run, and that's fine. I wouldn't take that away from them. But at this stage in the competition, usually the quality shines through, and it did. But Huddersfield Town have nothing to be ashamed of, man. In fact, I, as I've said to my buddy Jerry in reply, 
after that goal, this game really could have gone one of two ways. It just happened to go the one. It did. Um, and so that actually leads me to the question that I wanted to get into, which is, did the slow start, City fell behind within, I mean, it was 10, 15 minutes, um, to a former Academy product in Harry Bunn, go figure, um, did that kick City into gear? Did you think that they needed that, or did it actually, you know... Because their response immediately was, I thought, they were trying a little bit too hard to compensate. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on that. I don't know if you were going to continue on that, but I, did, I, really, I fully agree on that. Really, they looked like they were trying to do a little bit too much, and they were trying oh. to do it too quickly. Yeah, and, and there were a lot of giveaways as a result of that, I think. Like, you know, too many touches... Uh, you know, like like Leroy Sané on that breakaway, just you know, one two. Pass it, pass it sooner, pass it. Buddy. Yeah, <laughs> pass it sooner, man. Um, you know, I've heard that argument, but I would also like to present a different train of thought. Manchester City hit the post prior to Huddersfield Town scoring on what was basically a counter off of that. And City had been applying pressure, you know, uh, uh, out of the gate. I know Huddersfield Town were, were applying their own pressure like they did, but City were that even the announced team commented that City were dealing with the pressure uh, much a little much better out of the out of the start than they had, and then the goal just sort of happened. I feel I feel like the goal happened against the run of play. I agree completely. I thought there was no point at which City were, you know, the second best team. No point. Um, because, you know, if if Raheem Sterling gets even the tiniest touch on yep. that, that, that yeah. cross, then City go 1-0 up. Um, and even after that, even though they were making mistakes and trying to do a little bit too much, they were still very much on the front foot. They were still, you know, the ones pushing forward. Huddersfield were on the back foot, and they were playing reactively. They were, you know, not that not that they were wrong to do that, and not that that isn't necessarily a bad thing for them. But their their best shot, I think, was always going to be if they could spring a few counters, which they obviously did to score the first goal. But I thought it was always City on the front foot, and it was always Huddersfield just playing off the counter. And it was only going to take like one move. You know, you you think that okay, if City can get the equalizer. Um, mm-hmm. relatively quickly, and it took them a little while, but they got it within, you know, a little over 20 minutes later. Um, was it 20 it, minutes? It, it felt was, like 15. It felt like a lot. It, it, it didn't, yeah. It was, uh, Huddersfield scored in the seventh minute. We want to make sure we get this yeah, right. Yeah. We want to make sure we get our facts right. Huddersfield scored in the seventh minute, and uh, Leroy Sané equalized uh, right on the half hour, actually. So right. it was 23 minutes. Um and, and for that entire period, it was just like, you know, if they can get, like, an equalizer before, you know, not even before halftime, and we'll give them a chance to do something else before halftime. It was just sort of an instance of, if they scored again early enough, it just felt like, you know, they had to get the cap off the goal, and then once they did that, I think the, some of the tension lifted a little bit. And the, the refereeing in that interim period did not help matters at all, either. No. No, no. No, no. because we watched... <laughs> We watched basically handball become legal for a period of about 25 minutes. Yeah, 
<laughs> I have a feeling that ref isn't going to be working the game. Or that two. was a Premier League ref too. Yeah, like, that I know. Was, this wasn't like some guy that they dredged up from the championship to just take the crappy game and deal with it. No, this was a Premier League ref who was. I have a feeling once he goes in, because they're all subject to to, to defending those decisions. Um, there was an, actually a really awesome uh, the NBC. Who, by the way, I, is is the absolute king of of coverage. I only wish they could have gotten the Champions League coverage, but TNT looks like they have it uh, for for next year, which there are is worst, worst places. There, right yeah, now. the worst places it could have gone. Uh, Turner, lot, does, lot. Turner does really good on the NBA. I, I I'll be curious to see exactly what Turner does with so soccer. Yeah, I because this is foreign territory. A huge part of it is who they get. Yeah, like exactly. who they're going to have because obviously they don't have existing soccer coverage. So right. a huge part of whether they're going to be successful or not is who they can get um, to 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 present and to announce or who they use to announce if they just use the global feeder if they're going to hire someone themselves. But anyway. <laughs> No, no, no. You, you, this is you, relevant to our American interests. It, it, well, it very much is because NBC kills it with their coverage. Like NBC's coverage of the Premier League for me is the benchmark of what sports coverage could be. And one of the awesome features of NBC are the Premier League downloads, and they had one about the referees. I think it was actually a two-part segment of of what it takes to be a Premier League referee, and they and they put one of their uh, reporters through the paces of of actually trying to become a Premier League ref and and trying to get offside decisions correctly. And I mean, he bombed miserably, and it was like, yeah, that's how hard it is, dude. Like so, so. Uh, it, but but one of the things that they talked about is is that at the end of each match. Um, for for those who don't know this, I assume most people do, but you know, if we we get new listeners all the time, and 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 there's varying degrees of knowledge. So for those who don't know, every Premier League ref is is, and, and I don't know if this is going to be the case for the FA Cup, but I assume it is. You're you're, I mean, same same governing body for for uh, for both. Uh, uh, of sorts, so you 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 would think there would be a similar process uh, the, the, of the ref having to defend their decisions. All right, why didn't you call this handball? Why didn't you call that handball? Okay, I can see maybe one of those, but then why didn't you call the third handball? Like it it just it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And it got to the point where I started to wonder if the ref wasn't calling him just because City players were making such a big fuss about it. Because at one point, the referee did call Zabaleta over to basically tell him to tell the team to, to you know, in, in, in layman's terms, to shut the F up. You know, like, right. he basically said that. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell so, how bothered they were when Leroy Sané, after scoring his goal, puts three fingers in the referee's face. to be Which like, is a sh- it is stupid. stupid. And he continues to do that stupid stuff. And I know he's only 19. And look, Leroy Sone is far more accomplished, dedicated, 
and and ambitious than I was at 19, man. But if at some point you're going to take that next leap to what you want to become, this is the type of crap that you need to stop. That could have been a yellow card so easily. I'm surprised and, it wasn't, actually. Yeah, I really am, too. It. I mean, it's not especially like the referee didn't see it. The, yeah, especially... <laughs> Although, you know, given how he was performing today, maybe he did. Maybe he did <laughs> yeah, see I, was it. About, I was about to say, given the fact that he missed maybe, three maybe, hand balls, he did. That was, that, was, that was Paul Tierney, by the way, the referee today, who apparently has given up handballs for Lent. Um, <laughs> but it's... it's uh, I'm sure someone has already made that joke. I, um, so I, I, I don't know if they have. Full but credit I think... to whoever has. I'm sure someone has. Full credit to them. I'm. But um, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I I just don't know what to say when you've got Premier League graphs like we're not, we're not even dragging guys out of the championship at this. Although maybe they're better. Maybe we should yeah, start maybe, doing that maybe. and see what we get. <laughs> Can the it champion. really be worse? Yeah, see what the championship refs bring to the table on this issue, because... uh, (laughs) It's not like the standard's dropping that much, I don't think. No, I mean, look, look, I I don't... I don't really know how... I could see one of them as being, all right, he could not have gotten his hand... Maybe the second handball, I could see... The, the the third hand ball that actually result ended up resulting in a, in a Raheem Sterling uh, assist to Leroy Sané for the equalizer. So maybe it's better that it wasn't called. That definitely to me is a hand ball. I mean, it's pretty blatant. What I mean, no no people just don't jump like that. You know, like unless you're playing basketball, there's no reason to jump like that. Game. Yeah, unless you're playing hoops, there's no reason to jump like that. And I realize that we're coming up on March, in March, March 1st. But, uh, I, I mean, look, March Madness does not exist in this. So, as poor of a joke as that is, it, it wasn't as poor as, as some of the decisions, especially the first handball. That's about as egregious as it gets. But, I will say this. It continues to bug the hell out of me that players appeal and then get upset and appeal again. Shut up and play on. Quit blowing subsequent chances because you were appealing for something that's not coming. Like, I, I, I just, I hate that. As do I. It, it's, I. it gets even worse on the offside ones because then, like, those are instances where, like, you need to be concentrating because if the offside is not given, then apparently you have a guy... Right, there's none worse than that. Yeah, that one ticks me off, like, a lot. Um, The ones in the in in and around the goal where they're standing there like, hey, that's a handball ball. Hey, dude, the ball's also loose in the 18-yard box. Kick it in the net. Like, it's loose. It's a free ball. Instead of, instead of like, five, six guys appealing, how about somebody make a run at the loose ball in the box? Yep. So, yep. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. Yep. I, I don't know how much it actually caught. I mean, on the second one, it fell right back to Fernandinho, who got the shot in. But still, on principle, I completely agree with you. Um, so, that was, uh, again, 
I thought it, team selection was interesting um, because it was a very strong team and Alex Garcia, which I enjoyed. Um, it was basically the first team and then the cup goalkeeper and then Alex Garcia, which was an interesting situation. Obviously, City's attack, Huddersfield don't have any pace to deal with that. Um, there's too much talent, too much pace, too much of everything. Um, so I would like to talk a little bit about um, our, another one of our favorite topics, Sergio Aguero. And Pep Guardiola actually called this the best performance he has seen from Sergio Aguero since he, you know, came over from Bayern Munich, since he took over as manager before the start of the season. Um, do you agree? Do you see where he's coming from? Basically, where do you stand on that? What was your assessment of Aguero today? Because he did score twice, um, won a penalty, very well taken penalty, by the way, and um, also got on the end of a very fluid move as well. So he scored twice, um, looked good, got a penalty, um, looked confident. So do you, <laughs> and do you tried, with, yeah, and do you tried for all the world to keep the ball in play to get the hat trick. He did. Um, so do you agree with that? What do you make of that assessment from Guardiola? Because I did notice him chasing back a couple times too. Um, or is this just it, another example of that coach speak that we like to talk about on here? I think it's both. Uh, all right. First of all, I I think Guardiola is talking out his ass because in his same breath he said that that was the finest performance we've seen out of Claudio Bravo, which is just we'll get to uh, that utter utter <laughs> utter bollocks. Um, but uh, look, uh, as far as what Guardiola demands from his players, I don't see how you could look at this game. With Aguero's contributions going forward, how fluid the attack looked, Aguero's own contributions in goal, um, had a couple other efforts that just went wide um, easily, so easily, could have had a hat trick, even maybe four goals. Um, But also, when he'd lose the ball, would just doggedly run it down and win it back. Didn't matter how far he had to track back to do that. And I complimented him for doing, for running all the way back almost to to, to the 18-yard box to win a ball back in a previous game. So we've been seeing him do this. But... In terms of piecing it together going forward, the complete product, I think, yeah, this is one of the best performances we have seen out of Sergio Aguero in this new look Manchester City offense. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best performance of Sergio Aguero's career, I think there are a couple other games that you could point to, specifically 93-20, that might be at the top of that list. But within the confines of what Pep is asking and what Sergio's been able to do, I think that, yeah. I, I mean, I think regardless of how well Sergio Aguero would have played, like if he would have even put in half this performance, Pep would have still said that crap. I really do believe that. That's just the kind of guy Pep is. But I do actually think that there is truth to it this time. Um, what about you? Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think I think that there's always a part of it that's sort of talking these guys up um, to, to, to build up their confidence, to make them, you know... He's, he's not a guy. He's just not a guy who's going to be throwing players under anything resembling a bus publicly. 
um, unless it's really something. Um, so, n- yeah, I mean, unless it's Jose Mourinho, and right. and 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 then and we remember he'll... even that took him a while to get him up to the yeah. Game. So, but it's, when it's he not, did, it yeah. was hot. Oh yeah, so. it's it's like uh, the only example like throwing he, he threw Yaya under the bus, and even that was more Yaya's agent than anything yeah. else. So. Um, that's really it. He's just not the guy who's going to do that. And look he's at what he got out of Yaya by doing that. Yeah. Man. One, he's, one he's would just, argue that it was very, a fact. He's very, very selective in, like, what he says. I think he's, he's, he, I think he's actually a lot better at playing the media game than a lot of people give him credit for. Because, because he, he's very choosy in his words. He's very, very careful in his words. He'll, like, he'll, he'll, his default is, like, full of praise and... But then he'll come in and you'll see like these quotes where he's not being critical, but he'll just be like, I need more from Sergio. I need more from Sergio. And he'll say these things. It's not critical, but it, it's just sort of putting it out there. And then, you know, every game, oh, he played amazing. He played amazing. I think he's he's really good at like just sort of saying this. He's a master of he's a master of building players up, but reminding them that that there's no such thing as perfection. You have to keep working every day. You have to continue to get better. You have to keep at your craft. And no performance is perfect. Like, you know, and and, and, and if you read these Guardiola books, you'll see player after player after player after player say to Guardiola, no matter how well you play, he could always – come in and say, yeah, well, check out when you didn't do this, when you didn't do this, when you didn't do this. Like, there's no such thing as settling for Guardiola. And it's that drive that makes him who he is. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's 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 his internal drive that 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 perfection cannot be attained, but always must be, you know, you, you must strive for. Um, strive for it nonetheless. I, I and and I think that that's something that let that that's what Man City's been missing. You know, Pellegrini could say these exact same things, but then he wasn't able to get anything more out of the players. Guardiola continues to juice these players over the course of the season. And, and he's still getting more and more and more out of them. In fact, the best parts of them. And, and it's sort of amazing to watch him work. Like, I think we all knew that this was a rebuilding season. I think we all knew that while it would be awesome if we won the Premier League, that it was going to be a t- – I don't think anybody expected Chelsea to be as good as they are. But I also don't think that, that smart people thought that Guardiola would just come in and win the Premier League. Like, this was going to be one of the toughest challenges of his life. And Guardiola was probably going to be on the on on the side of a learning curve, and especially because of what he needed to do to get the team to be to to, to play like he wants to, and he still is nowhere near a hundred percent with his team. That's why I think he's looking at five years, is because he honestly believes it'll take about three years to get this team fully Guardiola. And then from there, he'd like to see what he can achieve with the product, you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I I think that Aguero did well, and I think that that's because Aguero still sees a place for himself on this team, 
And I think that even if it's going to be a, a reduced role, I think Aguero's not going to mind that because his body can't hold up to what the other is anyhow. Like, he's not completing full seasons at the pace he was going. Like, just because he's not the number one option, does it? Look at how many goals he scored being the not number one option. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's going to be a place on this team for him if he pulls, if he does what, you know, if if he puts forth the effort to do what Guardiola wants him to, you know, there's, and, and he shows he can improve. I mean, I know I said there's there's three categories of players on this team right now in my mind. There's guys that can already do it, guys that have shown the capability to do it, but aren't there yet, and guys who just can't do it. And as long as he puts himself in, at minimum, that category of guys who show they can do it, which I think he actually has started to do in the last couple games, then I think he has a future. Um, but, you know, that could change. It could They could choose to cash in on him. I don't know, but it's... it's... Well, if you look at the way he's talked about Joe Hart in the media versus the way he's talked about Pep uh, versus the way he's talked about Sergio Aguero, I still think Pep Guardiola... Like, everybody in the media is talking about, ah, oh, he's definitely gone this summer. I, I think that that's... I, I think they're, you know, making assumptions. I think Guardiola is being sincere about the fact that there is a place on this team for Sergio and that he thinks he's very important to the club, and now it's his job to convince him of that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think that there's I don't I still don't think the decision's been made, honestly. And I think that if if everything I think that Guardiola feels that in a perfect world he'll be able to keep him, basically, mm-hmm. is, what yeah. I, is what I think. I think that he wants to be able to keep him, but I think he's, it's like, it's an instance of like, well, it's not up to me, show me what you can do, and then, you know, it's up to you, not me. Um, and I think he's showing it. I honestly do think he's showing it. I think Gabriel Jesus is still your number one option, but I think you can feel comfortable enough giving Aguero plenty of games and not feeling like you're losing a lot. Or you're going to find matchups where Aguero's a better option as a striker. And I think Pep is starting to learn that in the Premier League, sometimes changing the lineup to fit the team is something that you've got to do. Different teams are constructed different ways. Like, you go up against Sunderland, and they're all built like brick shithouses, you know? Like, so you need to put a team on the pitch that's going to be able to to, to play with that at in some parts of the park. Um, and you have other uh, other teams where they're built for speed, and maybe Gabriel Jesus is is just the better option. So I, I think it's all about mixing and matching and playing with the with the lineup. And and I and I think there's plenty of games for Aguero. I think Aguero knows he's getting older. He's not going to get paid as much as he is at City. He's not going to be revered as much as he is at City. And I th- genuinely think Aguero means it when he says he would like to stay at City and, and then finish out his career back in Independiente. Like, I think that's still in Aguero's plans, you know? Maybe an offer comes along, but if, if, if Aguero signed that contract, and, and there seems to be pretty substantive evidence that he did, 
then then City have literally no reason to sell. Like the offer that would come across would have to be very worth their while because they've got him under lock and key for basically the end of his career. Yep. And he's always said, you know, it could it could obviously things change, but he's always mm-hmm. said that he he wants he 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 wants to play for City. And then he just wants to go to Independiente again. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's it's just sort of it's that's just sort of where it is. And I I I wonder if, I mean, I'm not going to say that you know, I, I do wonder if Gabriel Jesus arriving and then getting hurt is the best thing that could have happened for Sergio Aguero. Not for the team, not for us, not for Gabriel Jesus, obviously, but for Sergio Aguero if he wants to be a Manchester City player because he got a taste of what it's like to not be preferred for the first yeah. time in his city career yeah and it looked like he wasn't getting his job back and then through this whole thing that has happened he has gotten his job and, back he's, and he's played lights out he has taken you know what more can you ask of a player to you know you to get take an opportunity that you get that you weren't probably expecting to get that didn't look mm-hmm. like you were going to get um you can't really ask more of a player um, you just you, they have to come in and they have to seize those opportunities when they get them, and he has done that to, to the to the uh, utmost. Really, you talk about being a professional. This is why you don't sell Sergio Aguero. This professional attitude is is something that drives the locker room. This is something that that that. I mean, did you you know the announcers even mentioned this when Sergio Aguero set up his countryman Pablo Zabaleta for a goal? The joy on Aguero's face to even get the assist in that was evident. Like the fact that he could play a role in getting Zaba a goal, you know, it's it's this guy is not just producing; he's enjoying his time doing so. And it's such, I I mean, I realize it's, you know, people would argue whether or not it's fair, but on principle, I think you make an outstanding point about the best thing that could have happened to Aguero. Because if Gabriel Jesus remains healthy and remains basically on pace the way he was playing, then it's 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 quite he, possible he wasn't that, sitting he wasn't yeah, sitting it's, that's he, for sure yeah it's it's quite possible that Sergio Aguero rides out his time and in city take the, the 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 best offer regardless of where it's from for him and and now i think city are looking at that contract going yeah if you want this guy you're paying around 60 or 70 million dollars well euro pounds or whatever whatever the hell man you're paying a lot of cash you know and yeah. and i don't know i i i i hope it doesn't come to that but i think aguero has played himself back into the plans of guardiola i still think he would like to add another option up front but i think he'll now be looking at options that can also play out wide yeah i i agree um i i think there will be another attacker kind of like a swiss army knife maybe that can sort of that's why they're going after 
um, Bappe or whatever yeah. from uh, from Monaco. If, can, if, if Alexis know. were three years younger, it would be perfect, you know, because um, that's kind of you know a guy that can that's just so very direct, and you can just sort of swing him around the front line and put him wherever. Um, the only but, problem, the only problem with that is, is that we're talking about Sanchez, right? Yeah, yeah, he's not yeah. three years younger. <laughs> well, no, no. The biggest problem is, is that if you buy him, you have to play him. He has right. to, like, so that means either Sané or Sterling are losing their place right straight away. And right now, with the way that they're playing, would you want to see that happen? You know what I mean, like. Versus getting another guy like Mbappe and saying, okay, you're going to come in, you're going to play a decent number of matches, you're going to score goals, you are going to be on my Champions League roster, etc. You know, you know, Leroy and Raheem are, are the plan right now, but I'm not a, I, I'm a guy who's open to plans changing, you know? <laughs> I don't know if they'll still go after him, but I could see him saying something like that. Yeah, I, it was more of like, in, in theory, if there was that one player out there. Um, I think that's a guy who would kind of fit the mold of what they're looking for. I think maybe they'll they'll be going for maybe the next Alexis Sanchez, if that makes sense. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. Too. I, I I hate that too. But like you know, uh, I, it's the pitch. only way. I don't. I don't. I don't mean to like use that because it's overused and it's lazy. But like you're you're looking for the, the the a young guy who can do that, who can sort of grow who into can the role, play into that, yeah. play it, not be Alexis Yeah, um, just sort of that the the younger attacking pacey player who can who can slot in basically anywhere on the front line where you need him, is what I'm going for. And I'm sure he'll be looking for his Ronald Koeman on defense, too. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, so, that's the good stuff. Let's talk you about You know... Oh, go ahead. I, I, I just want to have fun with this for, like, 0.5 seconds, because I don't think it'll happen. But wouldn't it be fun if, just for some reason, like, uh... uh What's his name over at Barca? Why am I drawing a blank right now? Especially since he just quit and I was... Luis Enrique? Luis Enrique, correct. Wouldn't it just be so much fun if he decided he wanted to relax for a year and, and, and team back up with his buddy Pep and just come over, be the be the assistant coach at Vance? It's, it's never going to happen. But wouldn't it just be oh so much fun? Like, can you imagine the recruiting power of of Louis Enrique and Pep Guardiola saying, come to City? Yeah, it would be fun, but the impression I got is that he wants a year off. Yeah, yeah. Hard to blame him. Barca's job, man. Well, he's following in the footsteps of Pep, man. I mean, he, he put together a team that was so ridiculously like he had his own pep squad he did the double you know he's gonna have to overcome a hell of a lot if he's gonna win a second champions league but but uh look man the guy has had a spectacular run at barca he's probably gonna win another copa del rey 
uh, you know, La Liga's there for the taking. I'm sure it'll come down to them and Real. And, and these types of things for Barca tend to go very, you know, when, when their managers announce that they're going out, they generally, they play lights out. Like, if you look at the season that Xavi retired, they just went ahead and won the trouble, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean... We'll see what they can do, and, and and PSG might feel spectacular that they have four goals right now, but Barca can turn that on its head. If there's a team out there that can turn a four-goal deficit on its head, it's absolutely that Barca team. Like when when they get it in them to do it, like they, they, it's it's very hard to stop them from doing what they want. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about Claudio Bravo. Um, we can make it brief cause we have a couple questions, but, um, right. yeah, right. I, I just, I don't know what there is to say. I just, what happened? We had a debate and I don't mean to do this, to, like throw you under the bus because I thought it was a perfectly reasonable debate to have at the time. We had a debate over whether he was world-class when City signed him. Yeah. What on earth has, you know, it, it's just. That that you know there there was plenty of defensive lapses to blame for that goal, but you know the shot is like right at him and he doesn't save it. I just don't know. And like there were things you can see, the the the, the build up like the, the the fourth goal came from a Bravo chip that's you know started the move. But you cannot play him as long as he's just not stopping basic shots. Yeah, I I. He may just be in his own head. He may just uh, uh, he may just uh, I don't know. He, 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 I think he, a lot, I think it might be his own head. I think that they you know. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, look, this guy can clearly do it. He's done it right. Like it may just be the league. It, it, you know, because there's players who 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 knock it out of the park, and then they just go to another league, and it doesn't it doesn't quite work for them. But they still have tremendous success everywhere else, and and uh, it it happens. And sometimes it's when you arrive there at what point in your career. Um, right now, the English game has more money and speed than it's probably ever had in the history of it. It's probably also got more talent than than it's ever had. I mean, when you look at some of the players that even even teams like Leicester City are able to go out and buy, you know, um, you got teams at the lower rung breaking their own transfer records without a problem because they've raked in so much money off this Premier League deal that, you know, it, it's like they say, a rising tide, you know, floats all boats, and that's definitely the case with the Premier League. So it, it may it may just be that at this point in his career, the game is, you know, it's it's beyond him in the Premier League. He may be tailing off as a goalie. It does happen. Or maybe just the way he started got into his own head and, and he hasn't been able to recover. I, I don't know. I truly don't know. 
but I do. I'll say this. I think Claudio Bravo was a hell of a lot better than what he showed at Manchester City. And I know people are ready to turn on him, and I've even said I don't ever want to see him in a city kit again, and I stand by that. But I still think he's infinitely better than what he's shown at Manchester City. And when he goes to his next destination, I hope he kicks ass. I truly do. Like, I hope... That in the first couple of games, something happens to where he makes a type of save that just shoots his confidence through the roof, and then he builds off of that and just decimates it. Like, I, I, I love the guy that much. It, it really does tremendously bum me out that he's been an abysmal flop at City. Because I really wanted him to work out. I, I, truly, I, I really did. I agree. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those those things that sometimes you just put the wrong player in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we've talked about how you know in in succeeding Joe Hart, you want to be the the guy who succeeds the guy that succeeds Joe Hart. I think with yep. this, this supporter. I mean, I will always support um, the players as long as they're wearing the shirt. We didn't you know, talk about Joe Hart too because it, yeah, it's well, basically I mean, look like he's slammed the door on that. Yeah, he's done. I, I didn't think there was going to be any change in that, but it's nice to get the uh, the authoritative door slam yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Uh, because that's what it was. Um, yeah. But... Asked, asked about Joe Hart, he says, I really love uh, Claudio and Willie. Like, that's that's yeah. all the answer you need right there. Yeah, I don't. I think that, well, I think that ship had always sailed, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you, you look at a guy like Bravo, I don't know what it is. I think it might be a combination of a lot of things. I think he's a talented goalkeeper, and it's not working out here. And I bear him no ill will, and I wish him the best. And I will always support guys as long as they're wearing the shirt. Like, I don't want I, I don't want him to fail. I know he's not out there trying to sell What about Nicholas Otamendi? Well, I mean, I hope he does well. I just don't think he will. That's, that's basically what I mean. You know, um... It is is a case of like I I hope the players do well as long as they're wearing the shirt and I will root for them to do well but I don't that doesn't mean I'm holding out hope that doesn't mean I'm not being realistic about things um, but yeah I mean I I look at guys like that and it's just like you know it's I I'm sorry that it hasn't worked out for 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 Bravo in particular. I I'm I'm so. fine at this point if City want to spend the forty three million to bring Ederson to Manchester City, like if they want, I I think it'll end up being somewhere like in between thirty five, moved up closer to forty with incentives. I think that'll be what gets it done at the end of the day. And uh, I'll be fine if City want to splash that kind of cash on the goalkeeper, bring down the age of the team, get a guy in there who who has world-class potential. Joe Hart may be an outstanding keeper, but in truth, he never was world-class, and he was never going to be world-class, and he showed that at the Euros. Um, and the problem with Joe Hart was this. He wrote checks with his mouth that his ass couldn't cash, most notably at the Euros. Like, it's one thing, like, to, to, to lose to Iceland. It's an entirely another thing to, like, mock them like, prior to getting beaten by them. 
It's just karma. Yeah. He always did have that really confident air about him that when he was playing well and he was on teams that were playing well, you know, it looked like leadership and swagger and stuff like that. But when he was, like, letting in goals from distance or, you know, the Euros, it just looked like arrogance. Yeah. Um, So, you know, and that's just kind of how that sort of behavior goes. It's like if you can back it up, then you can get away with it. Um, well, you always have problems with distance shots, too. I mean, yeah, there were that's nights, what I mean. If there were nights, too, like where, you know, against Barca in, when City lost 1-0 and, and, and Aguero really had the chance to, to, to put City ahead, um, uh, it, 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 uh, he, he put on a clinic. And even Messi talked about it. But then you mix that in with the countless other nights where it was just like, dude, you let that in? And it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for City to go out and buy somebody that's, that, that is going to be world class. Yep. Um, I, I think we can all agree on that. So, um, we have a couple listener questions that I want to get to. I mean, um, just real quick, City plays Sunderland next at the week, and I believe it is the weekend. Um, it's away. You know, I, I'm always so wary of Sunderland because City sucked at this game for so long. Um, even though the the um, Sunderland does remain in the bottom three, I believe, um, and they have not been playing well. They did beat Crystal Palace recently, and they held Tottenham to a scoreless draw at the Stadium of Light, but, you know, they're in the bottom three for a reason. So, um, basically, just a quick thought on this game. How are you feeling about it? They are in 20th, so we're, it's, it's, this is as bottom of the table as it gets. Yeah. You can't go, you can't go any lower without playing in the championship, and they're going to be playing in the championship. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I you know it's it's hard to ever feel anything with City because this is a team that shows up in so many different forms. But if what we've been seeing out of City continues, then I I feel good. This is a team that's finally getting it moving forward, man. The the the. The wingers are, are, are getting that ball, bringing it in, and just creating absolute havoc. Raheem Sterling's got 12 assists and 9 goals. Obviously, he needed to stay at Liverpool. He never would have developed if, you know, coming to City. And, and learning under Pep Guardiola has clearly been, been just the worst thing to happen to his career. Um, I, I mean, look at, look at what he's getting out of Sterling and Sané. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. If, if, if Sterling played for any other club, I am sure the havoc that he's been causing would most certainly be talked about. Yep. 
I, I like City for this game. Um, I, it's just, I don't I don't think Sunderland are good enough to cope with them. I don't. Dude, can we talk about how Jesus Navas had an assist off cross today? He did, yes. He put a, uh, a, a very beautiful and dangerous low cross into the center of the box that Kelechi Iheanacho was all too happy to uh, flick into the back of the net, getting on the score sheet as Iheanacho is wont to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, everybody talks about Iheanacho. All he does is score, and nobody mentioned Jesus Navas whipping in that cross, man. Like, that's probably, to me, more impressive than the Iheanacho goal, which was impressive, by the way. Yes. Um, all right, let's hammer out these questions. We got a couple before the game, and we've got, we got one after the game as well. Okay. So. Let's start with the ones that we got from before the game. Um, is Vincent Company's time at Manchester City over? I think uh, this is from Jay Seigley. Seigley, pardon me on the name. I'm not good with these things, but thank you for the question. Um, he, he wants to know uh, Vincent Company's future at Manchester City. He thinks the odds of Pep moving him this summer are close to 100%. I'm inclined to roughly agree. I just think that we're at a point where he's not. you can't trust him anymore. To, to be yeah. yeah, it's... It's sad, but, you know, the, the city have been very heavily linked with Virgil van Dyke. Uh, I don't think that's by accident. Um, I, I think that they're going to be players that, that, that Pep wants to bring in to revamp that line all the way across. Um, I, I think... I, I, I would love to see company stay at city in a backup role, but I don't know if he believes that that's what he is. It also sucks up, you know, these, the, the foreign, in a, a foreign spot for, you know, purposes of premier league and particularly champions league. It's just like, you know, I, it makes me sad, but I feel like a clean break for both parties might be the best thing now. Um, give him a chance where, you know, he's going to go. He can sort of do what he wants and uh, City need to move on. They can't, they can't keep relying on him, basically. They just cannot do it. It's it's going to come back. It's, to not, it's not fair to, to Vinny Company, and it's not fair to the club. It's not fair to the fans. It's one of those things that's not fair all the way around. And it would just be better if Vinny Company got the ability to go and play somewhere um, uh, in assuming that, that he can. Like, I, I, you know, I, I honestly would let Vincent Company pick his club because I think the type of man Vinny is, he wouldn't pick uh, uh, another Premier League club. I think he'd be like, hey... I want to play overseas somewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, City, City need to, to revamp the back lineup. And, and, and the biggest reason for that is that they haven't been able to rely on Vincent Company. Yep. 
I agree completely. All right, next question. This is from Marcus4335, and he wants to know, do we see Aaron Moy having a first-team future at City under Pep? He's been exceptional this season. Um, obviously, Huddersfield obviously didn't couldn't play today because he's on loan. Um, obviously, I, I can't confess to having seen much of him, but all the reports seem positive, and I think, you know, stranger things have happened. I think we, we've talked about this a little. I just, I don't see... I think he'll definitely get the chance to get a full evaluation when he comes back for uh, training, training, uh, preseason training next year. Uh, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I. Uh, he's been tearing it up, and the thing about Aaron Moy is he holds on to the ball, and his passing, his pass rate is exceptional. These are things that Pep Guardiola covets. So. If Aaron Moy can come in and throughout like the, 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 the preseason in the training, if Aaron Moy ha- has that like N'Golo Conte type presence in the midfield, you can bet your ass that Aaron Moy is going to be playing for Manchester City in the midfield. So, um, look, just because he's Australian doesn't mean that the guy can't be world class, you know? Like, he, he could very well be just a ridiculously good midfielder from Australia. So, um, like you said, stranger things have happened, but uh, as with you, I've not seen enough of Moy to, to say with any great certainty, yeah, this guy's totally going to be in the uh, in the starting lineup come the fall. I, th- I think he has a chance, and that's something. Cause I yeah. Think, I think when they bought him, we just both kind of assumed, oh, they're buying him for Melbourne City. Um, but then they brought him, loaned him out to the championship, maybe yeah. figuring... Which doesn't happen if you're, if you're just, if they're not in their plans at all, you know? Yeah, maybe they're figuring, hell, we'll see how he does in the championship, and if he bombs, okay, you know, we we bought him from Melbourne City, we'll continue to play him down there, whatever. But uh, as it turns out, he's just been absolutely tearing it up in the championship, and and, and guys that do that tend to force their way into Guardiola's points. Yep. All right, our last question is from front of the pod, Mr. Aguia. Thoughts on Zaba? Thought he was terrific going forward. Defending was another story. I think that's basically summed up where Pablo Zabaleta is at this point in his career. Um, you know, there was there was a whole breakdown that led to the first goal, which started with John Stones coming out of the line to try to close down, and then Zabaleta had to sneak in behind him to try to cover, which meant that everyone was out of position and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's. I think it's to the point where you know, Zaba can still be a useful player in right circumstances. He still has the the mind and the technical ability to go forward, but he's going to get exposed on the defensive end by the quickest and the uh, most cutting edge of, of of opposing attacks. I think is where he's at at this point. Yeah, I think. Look, I'm not going to say that a a, a faster defender would definitely have stopped that first goal, 
But I think if you have, like, a guy like Fabinho or somebody chasing that guy... That's my dream. If you see if you see a guy like Fabinho chasing that guy down, I definitely think that something else happens. Like, there just wasn't enough speed for Zaba to, to close that down. To be, to, but to be fair... Zaba was forced into that situation by John Stones making an Otamendi-type dumb mistake coming out and, and, and challenging that. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think that, you know, Pablo Zabaleta is what he is at this point, and, you know, I think that um, it might be his last year here, and I love the guy for everything he's done. Can't ask for a better leader, but, you know... Every time, father time comes for everyone. Um, and, you know, you watch him in a game like this, and you see he can still do it, but if City can get a more long-term, solid what, solution... That the what position. you're looking at is basically Kobe. You're looking at a guy who, in in his final year, when he's not injured, can can play and can do great things and can score and can assist, but he's still going to have his, his frailties, especially against the quicker players. Yep. that's. I think that's the long and short of it, to be honest. So. Uh, have, um, I have a question for you. You have a question. Go for it. Yes. Um... I, I I wonder who would you have as your starting back for next year if you got your way. Oh goodness. Um <laughs> I would still do Fabinho and Laporta, um Laporta and Stones at center back and Fabinho at right. I don't know who the left backs are that are, you know that are good and signable. So I'm open to suggestion there. Um, I think if they can get like a... a I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm taking like a derm yeah. from... from, from uh, is Gaia... Valencia Dortmund. Gaia Valencia, I think, is a left back. Um, same with Juan Bernat at Bayern Munich. So. I, you know, dude, and Juan Bernat is, is, has got several uses to him. He's not just a left back. He can also play as a left midfielder and, and as a, as an attacking option. I, I'm a big fan of Juan Bernat, actually. I would be, I would be happy to have him. As would I. So I guess that's my answer. Um, so who, you would have Laporte? I would pair Laporte with Stones, yes. Okay, I don't, I'm, I'm going to play a little bit realistic here and because I don't think Laporte will happen. I, I, I would get Van Dyke from Southampton. Um... I obviously have Fabinho. That would be fine with me. Stones. And, uh, yeah, maybe a guy like Durham. Yeah. Um, Bayern Munich. Or, or, or Bernard. We're very, much, we're very much in agreement, though, that we, we're looking at three new defenders if we're doing a back four. So, yeah. That's, that's where I stand on that. So, if you have anything else you'd like to add with that, then... 
that's about all I got. I in in if if I could get my way and yeah, I would be able to get anybody I wanted knowing that they would part with them. I would I would happily take I Yordi Alba or De- David Alaba David Alaba. <laughs> but since I know that neither of those two are ever going to happen, I will I will I will take the uh take the other options but oh man i would be out of my damn mind if i could get uh, a lava absolutely all right well um if you do not follow us on twitter you can follow us on twitter at america citizens um you can subscribe to our podcast on itunes um just search the name american citizens with a y um, we noticed we picked up some followers on Twitter this week who have found us, who have been listening for a while. Welcome to our Twitter world. Um, glad to have you. So it will be good to interact with you guys in the future. Um, we'll be at you after the Sunderland game, and um, that's that's about that. That should be an interesting match of styles. I saw David Moyes was at the Eddie Had today. I hope he enjoyed the show. So, I hope he did too. I and I hope that that means something too. I hope that that was Manchester City reaching out saying, "Hey, come check it out." You know, see the environment. You know, let us know what you think. And you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be testing you out and putting you through the paces next year. So get used to the environment because if you can handle it, then. There's a future. I'm hoping he's one of those Angolo Conte types. I seriously am. Like that would just be that would be fantastic if just for some random ass reason, like a guy that City seemingly bought for Melbourne City FC turns out to be like a world class midfielder. Like, it's a very Belichick move, isn't it? And yeah, like <laughs> it's just it's like handing in that sixth round compensation pick for Tom Brady. <laughs> Just oh, I'm sorry. You said that they have who at midfield? David Mui? Who the hell is that? <laughs> yep. Uh, so, might, yeah. might be the most googled name in all of sport next year. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what we've got. I don't know that we've got that much, but I think we might have ourselves at least a squad player. So. Um, again, America Citizens on Twitter. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We'll be back at you after the Sunderland game. So enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon. Um, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening.